This is On Location. I'm Joe Mamlin. Today's show comes to you on location from Alaska, Illinois, North Dakota, and Ohio. But first, On Location is produced by the NCA Communications Committee with special production assistance from Tim Leitner and me. You can find the podcast and subscribe on your favorite podcast app, including Apple, Spotify, Anchor, Google, iHeartRadio, and many more. Today's our landmark 100th episode of On Location, and you're going to hear from Tim Leitner, Jim Fleming, Pat O'Donnell, and me. We talk about how the show got started. We give you some behind-the-scenes look at some of the ins and outs of producing the show. We talk about how the podcast has impacted NCIA itself as a service to our members, and we explore how the use of podcasting has really grown within the child support community over these last few years. It's going to be a great show, so stick around, and we'll be right back. Welcome back to another edition of Encia on Location. And not just any edition, this is the 100th episode of your Encia on Location. Today marks a milestone as we turn to talk about your podcast, its beginnings, its contributions, its production, and our vision. I'm Tim Leitner, and I'm with the Alaska Child Support Services Division in Anchorage, Alaska. Today we are joined by our guests, Pat O'Donnell, Vice President of Payment Processing at Young Williams, Joe Mam, try it again, Joe Mamlin, Senior Associate with Grace Peak Strategies, and Jim Fleming, NCA President and Director of the Child Support Section of the North Dakota Department of Health and Human Services, covering the map today from Ohio, Illinois, North Dakota, and Alaska. Welcome to On Location. Let's talk for a minute about who each of you are. We've heard your voices on the podcast. Tell our listeners a little bit about yourselves, where you're from, who do you work with, what roles have you had with NCIA? Just tell us a little bit about yourselves. Well, thank you, Tim. I really appreciate the opportunity to participate in the NCIA on Location 100th Milestone episode. I'm based in Northwest suburbs of Chicago, and I work for Young Williams. We're a company that focuses on health and human services program delivery to families across the country whom we serve at the request of our state and county government clients. My role in the company is payment processing, specifically in state disbursement units, where we process incoming payments, post them to the correct cases, and send the payments to the custodial parties. It's work that I love and have quite a passion around and have for a long time. So thank you. Great. Thank you, Pat. 
Thanks. It, it's a great pleasure to be on this 100th episode. I've been working on this podcast from the beginning. I've had a kind of a long history with NCA in general. I'm a past president, but much more than that, I was on the board for probably longer than I was really allowed to be. And I served as the treasurer and secretary and president. And during that time, you know, a lot of things changed in NCA. And one of the one of the things that I think I'm really pleased with is the communication to our members and to the public. I think this podcast has been an important part of that. In my real life, I am based in Columbus, Ohio, just outside of Columbus, Ohio, where I work for Grace Peak Strategies, where we do a variety of things within the child support program. And although it's it's hard to say out loud, I've been in the child support program for over 30 years. So I guess that officially makes me an old person. Well, I just need to comment. I don't think Joe Bamlin is an old person at heart by any stretch of the imagination. Uh, I'm Jim Fleming. I had the privilege of being on several podcasts. I am the director in North Dakota. And this year, I also have the honor of serving as NCA president, a role that I remember Joe serving when I was on the board as he was leading us. And I also had the chance to be the treasurer for four years, which was a role Joe had. So he and I have have had several of the same headaches, shall we say. And uh, it's a really rewarding opportunity to work with all of you. And and Tim, I am going to say that I was the one who coined the title Podmaster. You are the Podmaster. It's like being Jedi Master, only of the pods. It's the Podmaster. You know, I think that winter storm is having its effects throughout North Dakota. (laughs) (laughs) Hello, this is NCA On Location, and I'm Alicia Griffin. My name's Ann Durkin. My name is Anne Marie Ruskin. I'm Executive Director of NCA. And I'm Brandi Gallebo of Franklin County Child Support Enforcement. I'm Chris Breen with the Massachusetts Department of Revenue. So, Jill, let me, let me pivot a little bit and ask you. So, On, on Location was your creation. How did you start considering a podcast for NCA? And, and what are its roots? Where did, you know, when did you decide when it was going to be time? How did that all just kind of start coming together? Well, I wouldn't say it was my creation individually. There was a communication committee. And we were just, as I kind of mentioned when I was talking before, we were looking for more ways and better ways to communicate with with the members and with the public. And, you know, all of you have been on the board. You know that one of the things that we, I don't want to say struggle with, but strive to improve upon all the time is benefits to members. And um, the podcast just seemed like a natural thing because it would be frankly, as a former treasurer, and Jim can relate to this, free to produce um, content, you know, content that we can share widely with anybody without restriction, something that's free to members as well as the greater, broader child support community. So it just seemed like a really natural fit in that way because of its excess of accessibility and uh, ease of putting it together. And I'd had some friends who'd, who'd put podcasts together. In fact, my children had both done podcasts. And so I figured, well, you know, we should, we should be able to figure this out. Uh, so we did a test and, and we did a couple episodes that went over pretty well. We got, you know, built momentum over the years of people, more people getting involved and enjoying it. And, uh, you know, just kind of kind of went from there. So, Jim, I've got to ask, what did you think when you heard NCS Communication Committee was going to do a podcast? And had you been listening to podcasts before? And, and what got your attention? <laughs> Tim, I have a feeling you know how I'm going to answer that, which is why you're asking me. When I first heard of NCA doing a podcast, to be honest with you, I thought it was a fad. 
I was very skeptical. I thought, well, that'll last for a little while and somebody will get bored with it and it won't go anywhere. And for years after the podcast started, it was the only podcast I listened to. I'm not a podcast person. I'm not a social media person in general. After spending a good 12 hours a day on my computer for work, the last thing I want to do is get on the computer and be involved in social uh, social media of any kind. So I was a a skeptic. I was, it, it took me a good couple of years before I listened to my first NCA podcast. And it was a year after that before I ever listened to another one of any kind besides NCA. But I'm a convert. I I am a convert. Over the years, especially during the pandemic, I myself have gone to a telework environment and I am instead of being in my office and shutting my door and listening to the speakers on my computer when I was listening to a meeting or a podcast, I now just put my headset up and and listen to it and I find that I can listen to the podcast and enjoy it while I am working on email while I'm working on other messages and still not, it still really absorbed the content. And so it's, I was a hard sell, but I am definitely fully converted and, and, and really relish the weekly, uh, the weekly message with the rapid read that tells me that there's a new podcast I have to listen to. Well, Jim, I, I appreciate, we appreciate your um, not only listening, but your support because this endeavor has really taken off within our communications committee. And it's a, um, it's a cool thing. So, Joe, can you tell us about your your NCO on location theme song? I don't know if many people have really zeroed in, but somebody that I know, I think, created it, composed it, played it. Can you tell us a little bit about that theme song? Well, I mean, it came about for a very practical reason, which is, you know, and we we have a lot of attorneys on the board, so they'll understand this. Like, there's a copyright problem, and if you put anything out <laughs> with copyright written material, you know, it's going to get yanked down pretty quickly. So I felt like we needed theme music. And so I just took it upon myself. I have a back, a, you know, a musical background. I've been a musician for a long time. And so I just got, got out my keyboards and garage band and some of my electronic drums and other things and just put it together. And I, and I wanted it to be something that was sort of, you know, serious sounding like that, it's for anybody who hasn't heard it, you probably just heard it a few seconds ago if you're listening to this podcast, but you know, it has kind of a, almost a marching band feel. I wanted it to be kind of, you know, kind of have that, let's take seriously what you're about to listen to, but also for it to be enjoyable. And then, um, so I came up with something with it. And the other great thing about it to make it easier is that you really don't want your theme music to be more than a couple minutes long. So it was, it was even easier to write for that reason too. So that's that's really how it came to came to be. So Joe, I should tell you that in the audience is that we're recording this without the benefit of that music. But no sooner did Tim introduce us and get going where I was hearing that tune that you wrote in the back of my head. I mean, I'm hearing yeah. it right now. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I will I will admit that it's probably one of the things about the podcast that I'm most proud about is that that music has stuck around. We did change the ending music at one point because I was just putting on things there that just you know it was too mellow at the end and, and I wanted to end on a little bit more of a high note too. So we, so I ended up kind of taking the same approach and coming up with something different, but still, you know, positive and energetic for the end. You know, but the, the thing is people don't always listen at the end. So the, the music at the beginning is the most important. 
you know, Joy, I think it's it's important to note too that your your theme song is really branded on location. And so like Jim said, when he when he hears that music, he identifies the podcast with that. So yeah, well done. That's that's yeah. that's awesome. Thank you. Hi, this is Diane Potts and I am on location. Once again, I'm Ellen Rutledge. Hello. My name's Greg Wilson. I'm Maureen Life. I'm Joe Mamlin. So, Pat, you've been a voice we hear quite often with On Location. How did you get involved with the Communications Committee? And more so, how did you start producing, interviewing, editing? What's your story? Well, I was looking for a way to make a contribution to NCIA and the child support program in general in a way that promoted accomplishments and achievements within our community. I've always felt that we do great work and it may be quiet work and maybe we should be telling more people our story across the country. So this seemed like a way to get involved and do some good work along the same lines. I took a look at the committees within NCIA, zeroed in on communications and really tried to think about what would engage me personally and would retain my interest because I'm always interested in learning new things, learning new skills, and kind of broadening my base. So that's really why I signed up initially for the podcast committee. One of the best things about that, Tim, was that you were so patient and gracious with me as I was learning the ropes. I was a little intimidated, quite honestly, at the beginning, and you were the perfect mentor for me. You gave me enough guidance and help to be able to get launched and always with an ear when I got in trouble. So I appreciate that very much. As I gained confidence, I started to research topics within the Rapid Read, within CSQ, within news highlights and articles that I thought might be of interest to delve further into. And from there, once I had topics identified, then it was a matter of finding speakers and just kind of writing a framework like you're doing today with us to afford people an opportunity to really spotlight what they do and how they do it. And one thing led to another. And the more you do as anything in life, you build more confidence and the process gets smoother and easier to achieve. So I'm not saying I've mastered it, but I'm sure a long way along the journey. Let's just say that. Well, I would just want to interject in that. I think if you haven't mastered it, you're pretty close. But also, I, one of the things that I think that you mentioned there that I think is really great about the podcast format is it, it allows us to really delve into a variety, such a wide variety of topics and a variety of points of view. Like we're not beholden to like, this isn't speaking for NCIA. This is a voice for child support in general and That's to right. explore and to discuss new topics. And it's just nice that you go to all that effort that you do every week to come up with these innovative topics and ideas and guests. Well, I have to say, all things aside, this is just fun. I really, really enjoy it. When, and Pat, that shows through in the podcast that you've moderated as well. You do such a good job with your enthusiasm for it and the fun you're having of engaging with the speakers and drawing them out. So, I mean, you very much enhance that. Well, thank you. And I, I know this is all compliments to you, Pat, but I, I really appreciate you being on the communications committee and I appreciate you getting involved with podcasting. This has been awesome to see you, you know, commit to this, to um, jump into it. And quite frankly, 
I, I don't know how this intimidated you because it doesn't show. Um, your podcasts are just just fun to listen to and well-produced, and I'm really, really glad we have you. So, Joe, the, you, know, you talked about the theme song a little bit. You talked about how it developed and, and how and what you wanted to convey with, with the, what you produced and composed. Let me ask a little bit about the title. So the, the podcast title, On Location, is pretty interesting. It doesn't use the word child support in it. Where did the on location title come from? What was the what's the scoop behind that? Well, originally it was Ansia on location, and we and not that we've dropped that, but that was you know the 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 reason I say it that way is the idea was a lot of our members don't necessarily have the opportunity to come to our conferences and events, and so the very early beginning of the podcast, we thought we would do a podcast on location at various child support events. And in fact, the first episode, which we may talk about later, was recorded at the policy forum in the side room um, at the JW Marriott, where we have the policy forum, you know, this year. And so that was the, the why we called it on location. Then very shortly thereafter, well, not that shortly, but a year or two after, we stopped going places for a while. <laughs> and so you know, I wouldn't obviously do anything about the name. It's it's a great brand, and I think people recognize it. But it's not so much on location anymore. But I think that's also why we start out by saying where everyone is, because I think that's kind of what it's morphed into is child support everywhere. And so we talk about where our guests are when we're talking to them. And there have been a couple of subsequent episodes that were recorded actually on location at a child support event too. So we've done it both ways. Yeah, we have. I've, you know, Joe, I was thinking about, we've done podcast recordings at Policy Forum. I remember one year before the pandemic where we recorded, I think, 10 at Policy Forum, which was a, which was a crazy amount to do, um, to try to figure out where's the room, who can do it, you know, what am I skipping out on? Um, but that's what we did. We did them on location. And, yeah. um, like you said, now we're doing it really on locations. But it gives an opportunity to keep things rolling, keep information coming, and not wait till that next conference, you know, months down the road. So, yeah. Well, and I think so much of the way that we connect with each other is based on where we are. And I think, it, you know, it gives people a chance to listen to the podcast and say, oh, well, there's a voice from North Dakota. Now I kind of feel like I know somebody there, you know, or at least I know the name of someone there. And I think that's another good reason to kind of keep that theme as an undercurrent, is it? reminds us where we all are and that we're all in this together, you know, wherever we are. Yeah, absolutely. You know, Joe, I know that when, when we first started uh, recording podcasts and releasing them, that was done on some platform called Podomatic and then it shifted. Can you talk a little bit about that? Why, why it shifted or, or how that all started? Yeah, I think Podomatic, when we originally did it, uh, you know, to be honest, it was, it was the one that I was aware of and it was a free service. Um, and I knew that they had a distribution channel <clears throat> not to get too far in the weeds, but the way it works is you post your podcast on some service like this. And then that service uh, sends out a feed so that it goes on to Spotify and Apple, Apple podcasts, Google podcasts, and all the, all the others. And they were decent at that, but then uh, they had limits on how many episodes we could keep on the platform. And so we switched to Anchor basically because it was also a free service. It actually has wider distribution and um, we can keep all 100 episodes out there. So that was the purpose of the switch. 
Yeah, absolutely. And can anyone tell me what um, what platforms that Anchor feeds into? Can anyone tell you? Yeah. <laughs> Is this a quiz? <laughs> Not yet. Well, it, it says that at the beginning of each podcast, all the different platforms you're yeah, on. Yeah, this so, podcast is available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Give me a minute podcast. to pull that up and I can yeah. look at it. Yeah. <laughs> I can hear my own voice saying it. Yeah, yeah I mean, it really does. Basically, anywhere you get your podcasts from, you'll find our location, NCR location. And I, I think that's... Well, and there's some that I, frankly, had never heard of, but we just check all the boxes and let it go everywhere. Uh, one new one, and I don't know if we've mentioned this, is iHeartRadio, and that's... Yep. It was a little bit harder to connect to, not harder, but it, was, it wasn't as direct as the others through Anchor. But, but yeah, we're very excited to be on that platform now as well. So I'm going to ask the group, I'm, I'm kind of curious to know, what was the first NCI on location podcast you listened to? And Joe, I know that's a no-brainer for you, um, so I'll start with you in a moment. But what was the first one you listened to that got you hooked? Oh, Tim. Um the earliest one that I remember is when the late Pat Quinn was on. But I think somehow you persuaded me when we were still doing them on location at the policy forum, or maybe even Joe did it. But I remember I remember recording it in a coffee shop with all the background noise and all that loveliness. And when it came out, I started to play it just to listen to how the, the final product turned out. And then while I was on that website, I think I clicked Pat's to, to listen to. You know, Pat had a fantastic gravelly speaky voice to listen to no matter what he was talking about. But he, he had a way of cutting through the BS and, and just giving you a really, a really great assessment of things. So I, I, my early memory is listening to Pat Quinn on it, talking about, about some of the realities of child support. Pat, what about you? Well, yeah, I was curious about NCAU and I wanted to know more about the program because I really didn't know much about it at all. And I found a podcast that talked about what NCAU was all about from the point of view of the facilitators and the instructors. And I really gained a perspective of how important that program is and the benefits it offers to emerging leaders within the child support community. So that kind of got me hooked on the idea of podcasts because it, it, it made me realize the power of the platform. And you can take a topic and very quickly disseminate an enormous amount of information, knowledge, experience, use the words you like to brief an audience on really benefits associated with a lot of stuff, whether it's your personal development, professional development, or it has to do with how to better serve families within the child support program. So that got me hooked. And in full circle, I then had an opportunity a bit later to interview Aaron Frisch and Wally McClure, who were instructors at NCOU a few years back. And to your earlier point, I did that in a hotel room at a conference, but it really brought me full circle and I, I was hooked. I mean, completely. You know, I've, I've got to ask, Jim kind of brought this up that one, one memorable podcast was with the, with the late Patrick Quinn. Are there other memorable podcasts that, that just kind of stick out or stand out to you? Well, I can, I'll just say, and, you know, it kind of also answers the last question. If you have a chance, since this is episode number 100, it's probably a good time to go back and visit episode one. Because the very first episode was an interview with Robert Doerr and Alicia Griffin uh, at the Policy Forum. And 
I, I think it still holds up today. I mean, a lot of the things that they talked about and a lot of things that were in there, um, I think are still still relevant and interesting. And and, and they were both really, really good guests uh, to have on. Uh, but we've had so many over the years that, that stand out. But, you know, just while it's just a good opportunity to kind of be, if you're a person that likes things to be symmetrical, it's probably a good idea to listen to one and then listen to 100. Mm-hmm. Well, and I would add, I, I think that what Joe said about that podcast holding up, still having value and being of interest. I think that's true of a lot of our podcasts. If you go back and look at them, it, that, that they were making astute observations about the state of things with child support or more recently, there was a fantastic one about empathy as a professional development topic. And, and so many of the podcasts are still relevant today. You could go back and pick them up if they're two years old, and they couldn't be more on point if they'd been recorded yesterday. So I, I, I know that we've talked about maybe somehow coming up with a way to advertise not, the new, not just the newest podcast but maybe have an oldies but goodies section or of, of rapid read that talks about, you know, if you haven't heard it in a while, maybe you want to go back and listen to this. Cause I, I think there's a lot of good stuff back in those first few years that if you don't scroll on the podcast screen deep enough, you may not even remember it was there. Yeah. Good point. You know, I was, I was going to add in here too. You know, oftentimes when we get an email, we read something or get a text on something, it, it's a little bit more difficult to really hear the tone of that, knowing how it's kind of, you know, going to come across or meant to come across. And with the podcast, you can hear people actually talking and hear their passion and hear how, you know, how they're meaning to say things. And I think that's also a, a, a real key point to podcasts. You hear people tell it how they want it to be told and um, not trying to figure out their motivation behind the uh, the sentences or the, the paragraphs. So I think there's a lot to be said about podcasts as a medium. Yeah, and you know, speaking of that, Tim, since you've since your time as the uh, what did you call him, Podmaster? Podmaster. Um, you know, at, at the end of every episode, we say, if you'd like to be a guest on the show, reach out to us on the contact link. Who have people done that? Have people reached out to us, and have we had people who've come forward and said, "Hey, I have something to say. I'd like to be on your podcast." Because if not, I think that'd be a great thing to 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 push for and to ask for. Absolutely. We, we always need that. We've had, we've had some, but not as many as we would like. So that would be, that would be a big ask to our listeners. If you know of somebody, if you yourself have an idea or want to be on the podcast, just reach out to our customer service link at NCIA and, and let us know because we, we want that. Yeah. And, and not to go too far on a tangent, but, you know, we've done a couple of times at, you know, Arixa and I think at NCIA uh, where we've talked about, what it's like to put together a podcast, kind of a how-to uh, workshop. And the main thing we try and get across in there is that it, there's really nothing to it and it shouldn't be intimidating. So I, again, I'll just encourage people, if you think you have a message for us, you'd like to share with the wider child support community, you know, this is a very open forum and we'd, and we'd love to talk to you. And I, and I think, you know, put your nerves aside. There's, it's a friendly audience and there's, there's literally nothing to it. So Jim is one of on locations, what I would call a super user, and as our NCA president, what value do you see in NCA having a podcast? It, it seems to be something rather unique to our association. It, it seems to be, but you know, Joe kind of touched on that earlier about how some of these podcasts still have relevance years later. And 
you know, I, I think Pat is a good example. Pat is clearly a student of what she's hearing on these podcasts and she's engaged and interested in it. And our, our field is full of people that just keep wanting to soak up everything about child support they can possibly know and learn. And we have so many sources of innovation in child support. When you think about how many states, there's 54 states and territories. There's even more than that number of tribes that have child support programs. For the states that are county administered, you could have 40 or 50 county programs. There's so many different sources of innovation in child support that we can feature on the podcast and expose that innovation to others who might listen and say, yeah, it's not going to work for me, but others are going to say, hey, I can make that work and I think I can make it better. And I, so I, I think it's just really great for us to continue to be a vibrant learning child support community to keep having a forum like a podcast, which is on demand. It's free. It's easy. You can plug it into your car when you're going home. You know, it's, it's just, it's such a good way to continue to learn more about child support and steal other people's good ideas. You know, and I, I just, you know, it is, as Joe said, it, it is a way that the association of NCA can really offer a member value and say, you know, be part of NCA because as a member and even as a non-member, technically, as, as I understand it, anybody can listen to podcasts. I keep joking about my mom being one of the most popular audience members because I tell her to go in and I've recorded a new one, start it 20 times. So my statistics look good. Uh, <laughs> but it, 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 it is a way of just continuing to feed that, that lifelong learning interest that so many of our NCA members have. Yeah, Jim, I, I just have to tag on. Not not just our NCA members like to listen and soak it up, and I'm one of them, but there's also NCA members that want to share. They want to talk, and, and we've got those folks too. And, and kind of full circle back to what Joe said, we want to hear them more. So so talk to us. Let us know because we want to hear your voice on on location. Yeah, and not to you know not to belabor the point, but it's it's not always easy for people to get on a panel at a conference or or travel to a conference. And this is a, this is a way that you can have that kind of participation in the association and in the greater child sport conversation. Yeah, absolutely. So, so kind of speaking toward that, if you could, and I'll just ask each of you, if you could, who would be, or who is the guest that you've been wanting NCA on location to have? Who, who's somebody that you would like to be on the program that hasn't yet been on? Or maybe a topic. So, an organization that I'd like to talk with and I'd like to invite to participate in a podcast is an organization called Points of Light. And their mission is really interesting. It's based on the United Nations Sustainable Development. And some of the goals that they are focused on is eliminating poverty and hunger. And if you think about the ultimate goals of our program, we're working to help families become more self-sufficient and in doing so, reduce poverty and eliminate hunger. I think they're well aligned and the Points of Light organization has about 40,000 members according to their website. So I'd like to reach out to them and invite them to participate with us. I think it could be a really complimentary conversation with our NCA colleagues. Jim, what about you? So I, I've been thinking about this, and I'm just going to reach for the stars and say I would love to have Barack Obama on a podcast. And I say that because I have heard him speak before 
about fatherhood among African-American populations. And I think that I think that that is so timely when you look at the influence a child support program has on uh, on fathers in particular. And by fathers, I mean non-custodial parents. I mean, some of those are moms too, but really for the non-custodial fathers that maybe were not married to mom and are having a difficult time trying to build that relationship with the child, they maybe, maybe in their life, they didn't have a, a, a strong father figure either. But we know as we look at being a more equitable program and being aware of, of, of the challenges that we may inadvertently place in some historically underserved populations, I think when you combine his visibility and, and his passion and he can talk to that population heart to heart, I, I think that would be a dream get for a podcast. Not that I ever see it happening, but I, I, that would be one I'd love to see. I'm with you on that one, Jim. When we were talking about this question before that Barack Obama was the first person that came to mind for me. And I thought, well, geez, we'll never get him. So I didn't put that down. <laughs> well, that's just, that's just cause he's a fellow Chicagoan and that's why you like him. <laughs> well, you know, and, um, I forget where I was, where someone was saying what child support needs is a celebrity spokesperson. And they mentioned Nick Cannon. So I thought that'd be a pretty funny podcast. (laughs) (laughs) He's up to 11 kids, but uh, in all seriousness though, I think my, my dream guest is kind of the, uh, probably maybe easier to get. um, And we kind of talked about it before. I'd like to see, I'd like to hear from people who are on the front lines, like managing cases. I don't think we've had any guests like that in a in a while, if ever. And I I think it'd be really good for us to hear the perspective of like what's really going on. So I would I'd like to take this chance just as well to say, you know, Tim, the podcast would not be what they are today without you. You know, others got the ball rolling, but you have really maintained that passion and you have maintained the commitment to podcasts that allow them to be kind of a thought as a way of people want to expand visibility. You and I are both on the CSQ newsletter committee. Well, because of you, podcasts are a regular way that we can communicate with folks. And so when you CSQ is talking about how do we get the word out about this or that, podcasts come right to mind because you have consistently done that and been there. And I know part of the way you do that is to continue hitting people up everywhere for their ideas and so on. And, and Joe, I do remember one couple months ago where there were a couple of frontline workers from the Midwest that were offering their session. And, yeah. and, and you're right. It was a perspective we don't often hear. And some of the things that they've got going on in their state would not be replicable elsewhere, but it was still a good story to hear. And, and you're right. Hearing from that frontline level is, is a really valuable place to get that input. Yeah. And I, and I totally agree with what you're, what you said initially about Tim, really carrying the ball. I mean, we spent a long time talking about how great Pat is, so we should probably give Tim some equal time here because because you're right. This, we wouldn't be at episode 100, at least not this soon, without Tim's passion and drive to, to really keep this going. Uh, so thank, thank you. Yeah, I'd like to make that unanimous. I mean, Tim, your leadership yeah. is just outstanding and your commitment. And again, I can't emphasize enough your mentorship and how much it's appreciated, not just by me, but by all the people on the podcast committee, because you you spend hours doing this and we appreciate it. Thank you. It's, it's certainly a collaborative effort and, and uh, a lot of fun. 
Welcome to the INSEA On Location podcast. I'm Latoya Southall. I'm Kanitha Julian. I'm Lisa Skenador. I'm Lori Bankston. Hi, this is Lori Rummage Kane. Keith Lewis. Thank you so much, Tim. So, a little bit about me. Well, let me ask a, a kind of broad question. I'm going to kind of wrap this this one, well, these questions into one. What are some of the challenges about producing a podcast or, or what's been challenging about it, whether it's technological or, or just, you know, organizational? And do you have any tips about producing a podcast? So I'm probably the queen of technology challenges. Um, so I'll, I'll at least take it from that perspective. I work from home and I have Wi-Fi issues. I just do. My provider is inconsistent. And there was a particular podcast that was really important for me and the speakers. And we actually had to reschedule three times because my Wi-Fi kept dying. Now, I will say the speakers were absolutely gracious and understanding, and we got it done. But we were all very committed to make it happen. And I think the, the episode turned out really, really well. I couldn't have been happier with it. But the other things I've learned along the way, my Wi-Fi challenges aside, are doing the upfront check work with the panelists to make sure we're not going to run into firewall issues. I have run into those where every organization has its own firewall protections, understandable, commendable, may or may not be able to get to the podcast platform that we're using. So I've learned to have a plan B. So I have a plan A. And if that doesn't work, I have a plan B so that we don't, I don't waste people's time and we can actually record in one session. And the other thing is sometimes editing is a challenge, but it's just, it's detail oriented work and you just have to spend the time to learn the tool and get through it. And I would tell you that it gets easier over time as everything does, but there are some of the challenges. Yeah, I think that's a pretty comprehensive list of the challenges that I've faced. And it kind of goes back to, I mean, when once we became more of a remote-based operation, that bandwidth thing is probably the biggest problem we run into. And your 10 episodes that you recorded at the policy forum, yeah, that was a logistical headache, but you got every recording clear as a bell, you know, right in the room. So there's something to be said for for taking that old-fashioned approach. You know, I, I have to think about challenges too. And for some reason, something about a furnace comes to mind. Yeah. Yeah. I had, uh, I've moved to the opposite side of my basement, but I used to be closer to the furnace and and it made a lot of background noise. And so whenever I would be on a podcast, I would just flip the kill switch and just have it not run for a little while. But then sometimes I would forget to turn it back on and I would wake up very cold at night and realize what I'd done. <laughs> <laughs> and then I told Tim the story and he said maybe almost a worse story about his refrigerator. So it's not just me. If everything makes noise. I mean, no. It's, everything makes noise. And if you turn it off, you just have to remember to turn it back on. That's right. That's, and that's, that's the, all of the story. That's the hard part. So let me, let me just throw this out to you. What do you think has led to on location being successful? I think our... Our focus on topics that are important within our community are, is one of the key reasons why we're successful. Uh, we provide real windows into people's experiences, different programs that they've tried, different initiatives that have really made an impact on families, 
on fatherhood, on raising, again, families out of poverty. It really matters. And all of us, I think, tend to be siloed. We get really focused on what we do. And sometimes it's easy to lose sight of the entire program and all the ways it impacts. And I think our podcasts are a way to educate and provide that holistic view of child support, no matter where you are in the program, no matter how well you make a contribution. I think that really resonates. And so that's my perspective on certainly one of the aspects why we're successful. I think also it probably took off during that first year of the pandemic when all of the in-person face-to-face conferences were not held and people were looking for exposure to child support innovation and and ideas in lieu of those things. And so you saw the, the webinars and the microlearnings and the podcast kind of step in and fill that role. I totally agree. And, I, and not to go back to the Tim Leitner fan club, but I think it also has a lot to do with Tim keeping it on the front of everyone's mind because, you know, we all, we all have a lot to do coupled with the fact that the world's attention span is just getting shorter. And I think if, if not for him continually reminding us, not just, you know, Hey, I need topics and who wants to get involved and, you know, making sure it's publicized correctly, but also just the feedback on how we're doing and getting people excited about the success of it and having it build on itself, I think has had, a tremendous amount to do, probably almost equal to the great topics and the and the podcast itself has just been his ability to keep it on everyone's radar. Now, I've, I've got to throw in here too, and thank you for that. I've, I've got to throw in here too that we've had an extreme amount of support from the board of directors for Mencia and, and Jim and past presidents, just really helping to support, helping to get things going. We've got an amazing team on the committee. But we've also got some very dedicated people on the board of directors that are, are very much so tuned in and wanting wanting on location to succeed. So that that has been that has been really terrific. Welcome to another edition of the NCA On Location podcast. I'm Veronica Riley. Let's jump in. Hi, it's Sharon Pizzuti. Good day, everybody. My name is Nick Palos. Hi. I'm Pat O'Donnell of Young Williams. Well, my name is Tammy Pearson. I work with Young Williams. I'm Tim Leitner. And I'm Mary Ellen Keeley. And this has been NCO On Location. Jim, let me ask you, have you heard any feedback from any of our listeners and any of our membership just in your, your uh, work in the crowd, so to speak? Well, I think so, definitely. I mean, if you talk to somebody about what's going well with NC these days, I serve on a lot of committees where the committees are talking about how do we get the word out on this thing and podcasts are usually one of the first things listed. So I, I really think when you look at the array of communication avenues that NC has these days, everybody's kind of talking about how on location can be one of those first places that we go to. But, um, but, but yeah, if you go to conferences and you're hanging around visiting with folks, they talk to you about NCI. I mean, I, I, it, it doesn't surprise me at all when somebody says, boy, you know, I've really been in, I got to be on a podcast. You know, those are pleasant experiences or just listen to a good one. And, and really, yeah, they are very popular, I think. So let me, let me ask another question. I'm just going to throw this out. Where do each of you envision on location going in the future, whether it be short term or long term? And... Are there any topics that you would like to see covered? And Jim, I'll throw this out to you first. Well, I think at some point you are going to become human like the rest of us, Tim, and not be able to do a new one every week. 
So it won't surprise me if maybe we go to a new one every two weeks at some point. But as long as you can keep up the pace and have helpers that keep it in the pipeline, more power to you. But it won't surprise me if that happens. I do think you, I think the podcast these days, we talked about bandwidth and there's no denial about that, but it is a way that you can record a podcast like you are today with people in four different places, at least one of whom can't even leave his house because of the blizzard and technology supports doing that. So I, I think I think we're in good shape because we're using that technology that we'll be able to continue recording podcasts without waiting for a, a forum or a symposium to, to record five or six at the same time. For topics, you know, I got to carry the brand as NCA president and, and NCA is working on proposed revisions to the performance measures. And the five that we have had have been in place for so very long. And, and I think that NCA is really being innovative and thoughtful about what we value as a program and how you can more meaningfully measure the program. So, you know, I, I think at some point as NCA continues to refine its legislative agenda, that that would be a, a great podcast. I know there's going to be a plenary at the forum. So shameless plug for the forum. There's going to be a plenary talking about the legislation. I think in the months after that, as it gets to be more clear. I think that that would be a great podcast. I, I also think it would be beneficial to really talk about how we interact with other programs. And that's almost unfair to say that's a topic because there, to me, there's three of them. How we interact with foster care, how we interact with TANF, and how we interact with Medicaid. You know, so there'd be like three versions of that one podcast. But when you look at how we can run cross purposes with TANF and, there, and the potential for working together with that program, the recent Children's Bureau guidance in foster care has such potential for saving non-productive child support time that can actually help families reunify. And at the same time, your case managers in the field will not have these dogs of cases that go nowhere and can reinvest their time where it's going to do more good. And then when you look at the historic interface between Medicaid and child support, I just think ever since the exchange was put in place, it's been really hit and miss about state interaction with the Medicaid caseload. And as families who are reaching that economic threshold that they're eligible for Medicaid, even if they're not yet on TANF, they could sure use some child support coming in the door to help them be self-sufficient. So love to have one about the legislative package at some point. And, and I think that there's great potential to have a whole series about how we interact with other programs. The other thing I think would be, would be, fun and interesting is to have some almost debates like have some bring up some topics that there are two sides to and let's hear let's let's hear people out and get some points of view that we don't always hear i think that would be that would be make for good for good radio i guess is what i'd say yeah absolutely i just would like to us to continue to focus on developing series on particular topics over the last program year, we did a series on professional development, which I thought was important for our members. And this year, Tim and I are working on educating the employers, and we'll have a series for that because each of these topics is quite substantial. And to your point, Jim, if we did one on how child support interacts with different programs, that's a whole nother dimension to add. And I would, I would love to continue to explore that and give each tangent the specific focus that I think it needs. Yeah, well said. I think 
some of the things in the pipeline, some of the things on our wish list are, are some of the things you've mentioned and some of the other things you've mentioned will be. So those are great, great suggestions. So you got Barack Obama lined up then, do you? I, you know, that would be incredible. And I'm, I'm going to be a Barack Obama and Nick Cannon debate. No. Oh, oh gosh. <laughs> no, and, and Joe, Nick Cannon has a 12th on the way. So, you know, we might have to well, just play his drums on the, on the podcast. And that's, out of, that's with five or six different moms. So, I mean, that is like the nightmare child support story that any case manager could give you. Yeah. You know, what? what's interesting too, and, and this is a side note, I might not make it in the podcast, but but I understand that he does not use child support services, that he, he makes arrangements directly, which is interesting. Well, when you have Nick Cannon kind of money, I guess you can do that. Yeah. <laughs> it's not like he can hide either. <laughs> right. <laughs> All right. Well, hold on to your seats. I've got 10 questions to ask you. I'm going to ask you as a collaborative group. No trick questions and some you might not know, but I'll just take a stab at it. And I think for some of these, it's just really good information for our listeners to know about the 100th podcast as it reflects back on where we've come from episode one all the way through. So, Is there going to be scoring? Like, are we competing here? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we should, but we'll, we'll, just, we'll just put that aside. Okay. You didn't set us up with a buzzer, so. Well, yeah, no, where's the buzzer button here? No, but if you, if you collectively have one of those, you know, staples kind of, you know, buzzers. Easy or, button. Yeah. Easy button. Yeah. So, first question, how many podcasts has NC On Location done? This is the 100th. 99, I guess. <laughs> so, yeah, 100 with this one. this broadcast, probably 105. Yeah. So there's your softball question to start us out. Okay. Uh, second question. How many podcasts have you done, each of you done, or been, in, uh, been on an episode for On Location? So, Joe, how about you? Do you know how many episodes you've been on? Not, not including all the work you do to, to uh, edit, to take and uh, put the music and the introductions on, but how many have you been a host or a guest on? I didn't I, – I, not very many because – I really only did that at the beginning stage of the podcast. So I'd say the first maybe 20. Yep. It was a few. I think I counted seven. Seven. Okay. I gave myself way more credit than that. <laughs> <I deserve. laughs> You've been involved in, in way more than that. Well, I, I also do another podcast that I won't steal any time for here, but that may be what I'm, what I have in my mind. And you, yeah. You probably did at least, at least 20 with those. Yeah. Pat, how about you? How many podcasts do you think you've been on, either hosting or been a guest on? I think about 20 uh, in that range. Yep, about 26 if I counted right. Wow. More than I thought. (laughs) Jim, how about you? You know, if you count the one that I moderated recently to interview Lori Bangston, I'm going to guess five. You got it. So Jim gets the point. Jim gets the point. And um. I was I was surprised when I went back and counted. I counted how many that I've been involved in either hosting or um, I don't think I've been a guest on one yet, but hosting so or co-hosting, and I've done forty-eight. So wow. we've got a wide a wide range, and um, we've got people that have been involved in our committee and subcommittee that have um, also filled in the the gaps. So um, well done to everybody. Another question, what is the most listened to on location podcast to date? Well, until, you know, until this one comes out. Hmm. That's a tough one. 
I'm not going to open Anchor find out, but. I'm just going to throw out a guess. It would be one of the ones that we interview the new commissioner because everybody kind of wants to hear what the new commissioner has to say. Yeah, that would be yeah, my that's guess. That's a good guess. Well. Yeah. Yeah. So the the, um, the podcast with Commissioner Tangela Gray was way up there. Yeah. The one that that um, beat everyone out by a, a couple couple of points, couple of listens yeah. is the pass through, flowing more oh. collections to family with with uh, Kathy Sokolik and Elizabeth Morgan, that was hosted and produced by Greg Wilson. Oh, very nice. And that's because none of us know distribution like Elizabeth does. We <laughs> hope to learn better every time. Right. So other than that, so what are the top five plate episodes of On Location? Any other any other podcasts come to mind that uh, we think was was way up there? I think that's a tough question. Yeah, I think the power of empathy was probably up there. Probably the Pat Quinn episode was pretty high too. We've we've had a lot way up there. So the top five were the past through which you which you just mentioned. Intergovernmental hot topics with Rob Velkoff. Had 158 listens. A new take on the child support pass-through uh, payment with Laura Debian and David Kilgore. Uh, Greg Wilson did that for 134 listens. Helping Families Thrive, Principles of Procedural Justice with Susan Brown and Rob Pearson. And our own Pat did that with Ann Durkin for 122 listens. And then Customer Service, Lifeline to Child Support with Carol Beecher, Lee Bierkley, and Michelle Costello. Uh, Pat, you did that one for 121 listens. So wow. we've got we've got several that are above our 100 um, 100 listen mark. So Pat, it seems like Pat O'Donnell is the one most likely to get the big contract from Spotify. <laughs> yeah, and, really, and, and the red carpet. Yeah. So Tim, what do you what would you say the average is? The average is well, this is our 100th, and today, without this one being released, we have. Uh, earlier this morning, 6,592 total plays. So that would be about 65 or so per episode. Um, So we're shooting, we're shooting higher. We're trying to, trying to get that up. And I would guess that since the, the audience is larger in the last few years than it was in the first few years, that probably that average is even higher for each new episode as we go moving forward. Absolutely. Yes. So how many how many podcasts were released the first year, first calendar year? Put it that way. That NC on location was was released or started. So not many. Um, I'll I'll get I'll be really generous to us and I'll guess eight. Very close seven. Okay. So in twenty twenty one, which is two years ago, for the calendar year we had. 31 and last year we had 34 and this year well this year's 2022 so we'll see what happens in 2023 but um it's it's moving forward so how's 2022 going to end well we've got this one that's going to release on the 21st we have one i believe hopefully on the saves grant on the 28th so we should have 36 in the calendar year That'll give us 17 for the board year that started September 1st. Wow. So, um, nice. Yeah. Very good. So we're averaging I, I, averaging one a week. Yeah. I knew you were closing in on the one-week average. Yes. I think we had to skip a week, but we released two at the same time on mm-hmm. our um, spotlight. So, yeah, we're, um, we're, we're, we're holding it. And then I, this is well, a couple questions here. How many guests have been on location, including today? How many guests? Oh, wow. 
I would say 300. Yeah, that's that's a good guess. Average of three per up for every episode. I'll, yeah. I'll say 301. <laughs> <laughs> We're not on the prices right here. Exactly. <laughs> one, I'll say one. <laughs> 142. Really? Wow. wow really? So we must have a lot of single episodes, single interviews. Huh. Single interviews, uh, couples interviews, and um, some people that have spoken on different topics. Okay. Oh, repeat um, speakers. Yeah. Okay. How many hosts have been on location? How many hosts hosting or guest hosting or co-hosting? Well, after you, Tim, and Pat, I'm convinced there's only two. <laughs> no. Well, I once did it, so there would be three in history. So I would guess seven or eight. 21. 21. 21, which is, which is a great testament to um, how many people in the communications committee and, and podcast subcommittee have been involved and, and taken that um, opportunity and challenge to, to do a podcast. Yeah, that's great. I'm just going to throw it out there. How many minutes or hours of content has been released before this one? They're about 45 minutes a piece. So I will say 80 minutes. I was going to say 70. This is sounding like hours. Prices, right? You're talking about hours or minutes? Hours. Sorry. Hours. hours. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'll say okay. 70 hours. Too. So very close. 62.2 hours. Okay. So if you think about that, that would take over two and a half days from start to finish, no breaks, no sleep, you know, uh, to listen from stop to from start to stop. So how many yeah. conferences would it take to get 63 hours of content in a regular yeah. conference? You can do that math. That you can do that math. <laughs> so, Tim, are you suggesting a holiday binge between Christmas and New Year's? We just kind of carve out two and a half days and just do it. You know, people do it with Netflix. Why not? Yeah. <laughs> so, what is what is the shortest on location episode? Any any stab on that one? Ten minutes. Close. Really. Fifteen. Fifteen. So the the shortest was eleven minutes and fifty one seconds. And Pat, this was your spotlight on the NCA 2022 Howard G. Baldwin Memorial Scholarship Awardee. Yep. Oh. Yep. Yeah, I think that was, was the shortest, yeah. Yeah. What was the longest episode? You mean this one? Uh, well, <laughs> it's, it's very well. It's going to be very well. Um, <laughs> it, it might have been one of the early ones because we used to just not care. And I think maybe the first one was close to an hour long, so... Yeah, in fact, I wrote down, Joe, your first one was 50 minutes and 12 seconds. And the longest one was an hour and four minutes and 27 seconds, which was leadership styles for positive outcomes. And that was Stephen Eldred because it was a web talk we converted into a podcast. Oh, yeah. Interesting. Okay, so I've got one bonus question. So if, if you're behind, well, you're not because you're a group. If you're behind, we'll ask it anyhow. So what... What is the most listened from location? In other words, what location listens the most to on location? My mom's house. And she would, <laughs> and, and she would be where? In Cavalier, North Dakota. That's, uh, I'm going to guess, I'm going to guess a, a bigger city like, um, well, I'm going to guess Washington, D.C. Why not? D.C. And Pat, what about you? What's your guess? I'm guessing Ohio. Because there are a lot of participants in Ohio that do listen to us. 
There are. There actually are. The, the most listened to location is Sacramento, California. Oh. Oh, I almost said Sacramento, but I can't prove it. And, and just to let you know, if I look at um, what are the top five places, they're all in the U.S. Uh, as far as state-wise, it's California, Alaska, which I'm pleased with, Washington, Virginia, and then Ohio. There might be, yeah, that's five. Yep. That's great. We should send a thank you note to David Kilgore's mother then. (laughs) (laughs) So let me just ask, as we kind of wrap this up, does anybody have any final words or anything they want to throw in the mix that we haven't said or anything that you want to leave us with? I mean, I think the moral of this story is that without Pat and Tim, we wouldn't have on location. But I also just want to put one more plug out there for it's fun to be on a podcast. It's easy to do. Um, come one, come all. We want to hear your voice. We want we want you to participate. So let's keep I, it going. I agree. And and Joe, I, I would like to add you to that list also, because if it wasn't you at the formative stages, this thing wouldn't have got moving. And would not have reached, you know, Tim and Pat in terms of, of dipping into their energy and their enthusiasm. So I, I appreciate the innovation to overcome curmudgeons like me who thought it was a fad and said, no, we're going to do it anyway. <laughs> I would just, yeah, I would just echo your comment, Joe, and encourage people to participate with us, come up with ideas, join us, because it really is a lot of fun and it's very rewarding. So go for it. And they can all have their mothers listen, too. Exactly. Absolutely. <laughs> well, I want to thank our guests for joining us today to talk about NCIA on location for its 100th episode. Thank you for sharing some insight and information and to have an opportunity for some to sit on the other side of the microphone. This has been a lot of fun for me today. Thank you to Joe for creating on location, to Pat for keeping us rolling and creating great podcasts. And to Jim, not only for listening, being a guest, but also for supporting this technology for NCIA. Thank you to our listeners for catching our 100th episode. We will talk to you again next time on the podcast. I'm Tim Leitner. Thanks for listening. There great we job, have. Tim. Cue the music. Thanks very much to Tim, Jim, Pat for putting together this podcast and for including me in it. And today we'd like to recognize all the previous hosts of On Location, which include Alicia Griffin, Ann Durkin, Anne-Marie Ruskin, Brandy Giabo, Chris Breen, Diane Potts, Ellen Rutledge, Greg Wilson, Judith Green, Keith Lewis, Kenitha Julian, Latoya Southall, Lisa Skinnador, Lori Rummage-Kane, Mary Ellen Keeley, Nick Palos, Pat O'Donnell, Sharon Pizzuti, Tammy Pearson, Tim Leitner, and Veronica Riley. We couldn't have done it without you and many, many more. On Location is available on iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and wherever you get your podcasts. We have a lot of great episodes on the way, so be sure to subscribe and check out our previous work as well. We also appreciate your ratings, feedback, comments, and suggestions. 
If you have an idea for a topic or would like to be a guest on the show, please reach out to us using the contact link on our website. On Location is a production of the NCIA Communications Committee with special production assistance from Tim Leitner and me. Thanks for joining me. I'm Joe Mamlin, and this has been On Location. <laughs>